Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many, many blessings you've given us already this day. And now the blessed opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study of made Z in the word judgment, we'll turn to Philippians in chapter 1, verse 8 here, where the word judgment is used in Paul with a letter to the church at Philippi reads, For God is my record, how greatly I long after you, all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. He's praying for them to have an understanding of the judgment of God. That ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. So when we know the judgments, when we perform the judgments properly, then we can have such and be filled with that fruits of the righteousness. All right, now if you will, turn on over to Colossians in chapter 2. Now, Colossians is a church in Colossae that Paul is writing a letter to here that we can learn from. And speaking of being judged by mankind, in Colossians chapter 2, pick it up in verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and establisheth in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. He's speaking of how we need to walk as Jesus Christ walked, because we are representatives of the Lord. When we are Christian, we are supposed to be Christ-like. As it continues, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. See, there were some that were getting into legalistic behavior, you might say. An attitude of they wanted to bring the Old Testament into the New Testament and fulfill these 613 plus minus statutes, ordinances, and commandments of the Old Testament, bringing them over into the New Testament, not accepting the finished work of Jesus Christ and the fulfillment of the Old Testament. As it continues, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, speaking of Jesus Christ. He has fulfilled it all. He represented, we follow him and walk as he walked. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. We have been separated, cut away, separated from the flesh. We need to stay in the spirit. Not a physical circumcision, but a spiritual Buried with him in baptism, which is what it represents when we are baptized, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why you're laid down into the water, you're submerged in the water. It's like going into the grave, and you come up out of that. 
He's buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Here talking about how he has fulfilled the Old Testament. Those ordinances he's speaking of there. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat. Now he's getting into some of the things that they were trying to judge them for, which was if they ate pork. Because the Old Testament, they were forbidden to eat pork. But now he's saying that that no longer applies. And don't let somebody judge you for doing so. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holiday or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. All of the statutes and ordinances and commandments of the Old Testament were for our benefit in keeping a good, healthy life and a civilized life and a God-glorifying life to help us grow closer to the Lord and stay healthy. But the Lord has fulfilled all that and all of those things, the rituals and so forth of the Old Testament. We're looking forward to the coming and the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's why he's calling it a shadow of things to come. Verse 18, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. A practice that was going on to try to worship the angels, he's just saying, you need to stay away from such a thing. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increased with the increase of God. The head is Jesus Christ. As he's pointing out here, our focus needs to be on worshiping Jesus Christ, only Jesus Christ, not the angels. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? There again, going back to that. Touch not, taste not, handle not which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men. So they have turned it into a religion of works. But it isn't that way. We are by faith, not by works. 23. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. They can display their strength and their will and so forth through those obediences of those particular statutes, ordinances and celebrations and commemorations and rituals and so forth. But the truth comes from Jesus Christ. The truth is that 
Jesus Christ fulfilled the Old Testament. Those things, as he said, are a shadow. They were looking forward to what Jesus Christ would do, representing what he would do and is doing and will do for us. Now we know he has done the wonderful sacrifice for us, the awesome gift of salvation available to us. We look at back at what he has done and look at what he's doing and what he's going to do. And that's the New Testament, the New Covenant. Don't bring the Old Covenant into the New Covenant times. Basically is what he's saying. And don't let people judge you if you don't bring the Old Covenant into the New Covenant. Because Jesus Christ said that he fulfilled it and that his blood was the blood of the New Testament, the New Covenant. All right, now turn on over to 2 Timothy, another letter of Paul to his young protege, Timothy. And here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, speaking of a righteous judge. In chapter 4, pick it up verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God. Now this charge is he's speaking to Timothy specifically, and a charge or a An assignment, you might say. reads, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Now this judgment that he's speaking of here is for the quick and the dead. The quick are the born again. The dead are those that are not born again. They're dead spiritually. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. We've got to really study things, analyze things, determine is this godly or ungodly? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They have the itching ears and they want them to be tickled or scratched or given exactly what they want to hear. It's what he's speaking of. They bring preachers and teachers and pastors in to tell them exactly what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things... Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. This was the moment that he was letting Timothy know that he wasn't going to be here much longer. Because by this time he had found out that he's been sentenced to death. He's going to have his head cut off by Nero. And he's letting Timothy know that his ministry, he fought a good fight. As he continues, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also, that love his appearing to all the Christians. All those that love his appearing, because the Lord will judge us all, and we will be held accountable 
for our faith, for our actions, for our belief, for our behavior. We need to get it right, keep it right, keep it prayed up, and be looking forward to those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So much to look forward to. Judgment is something that we should truly look forward to. All right, now if you will turn over to Hebrews 9 and verse 27, where he points out here, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, the judgment that will come upon everyone to be judged. What have they done? Works of goodness, works of righteousness, or works of evil and unrighteousness. Hebrews 10, verses 28 through 31. We can hear again about the Lord will judge. This reads, He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy of who hath trodden under foot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the grace, excuse me, unto the Spirit of grace. Here he's speaking of some of those that the Lord had encountered. They were calling the Lord a servant of Satan and attributing the works the Lord was doing to Beelzebub rather than to the Holy Ghost. Reads for we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. A fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. We not we gotta know. There's going to be judgment, because as he just said over there, it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. So there's going to be a judgment for everyone, and we've got to be ready for it. We've got to be prayed up. We've got to be a born again Christian. Don't be part of the walking dead. In Hebrews chapter 13, where it reads, "Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers." For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Simply put there, we're going to be held accountable. Don't be sinning. All right, now if you will turn over to James. In James chapter 4, a couple verses here. Well, let's go ahead and back it up to some awesome verses right above here, where it says in verse 7, James chapter 4, verse 7. These are awesome verses here. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's the power 
that we all that are born-again Christians have. With the Holy Ghost within us, we have that power to cast the devil out and keep the devil out. As it clearly says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So resist him, he's going to flee. He has to. Verse 8, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. That drawing nigh is drawing near. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. See, double-mindedness is a problem that many have, is where they are part-time Christians. The rest of the time, they just worship themselves and their self-satisfaction and what they want to do and please themselves rather than pleasing God. And they become double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. That doesn't sound very encouraging, but he's speaking of how important and how profound our existence is and how important it is to understand the magnitude of life itself how important our lives are, that it's not just the time to a festivity and celebration. It's time to get serious. He's saying there, get serious, pay attention. Verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Humility is a very important attitude and behavior. A lot of people in the ministry have difficulty with humility because they see some of their works bearing fruits and then they attribute that to their efforts rather than to the grace of God and the mercy of God and the gift of God. They attribute it to themselves as what they have accomplished. No, it's what the Lord has accomplished. He allowed us to be a part of it. So we must humble ourselves in the sight of God. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. Notice, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say... Wait a minute before I go into that one. Now here he's speaking of this judging. He's talking about condemning. You don't go around condemning someone else. The only one that can condemn is Jesus Christ. Not us. Don't be condemning your brothers and sisters in Christ or anyone else. And then in verse 13 here he gets into... Another subject matter, which is very interesting, where he says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. We've got to know how fleeting away this life is. We've got to be ready for judgment. We've got to know that we keep our sights on Jesus Christ. Single-minded 
on pleasing the Lord and staying in His perfect will. Draw close to God because we know there's going to be a day of judgment. We want to have a clear slate, you might say. Clean slate. No sins held against us. Yes, when we trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He cleanses us completely, totally white and clean, totally sinless. But from that moment to the moment of judgment, there's a lot going on in your life. There's times when you'll please the Lord. There's times when you'll sin. Everyone tumbles, trips, messes up, goes back, does something, thinks something, says something that they should not have. Don't carry that to judgment. Get it taken care of. Ask forgiveness for it. Get it washed away. So you'll be found without spot and blameless. You do that by trusting in the Lord, getting it washed, getting it clean, and being prepared for it. Be ready for judgment. Don't be looking at it being a scary and a horrible thing that you might not survive. Nope. If you're born again Christian, you're going to survive it. You mess up, you're going to lose some rewards, you're going to lose some blessings, but once you become one of the children of God, that's sealed. But don't be one of the disobedient children and get a whooping. You want to be pleasing to the Lord. All right, now if we'll turn to First Peter in chapter 4. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. That's what I was speaking of about when we become born again, we become a new creature in Christ, therefore don't go back into your sins. Don't stumble and go back into that. Stay away from that. For the time past of our life we suffice to to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, rivalings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riots, speaking evil of you. When you become born-again Christian and then you no longer associate with those ungodly people with their ungodly behaviors, then they looking at you as something wrong with you. And speak evil of you. Read that again. Wherein they, the Gentiles speaking here of the ungodly, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. They will be held accountable. We all will be held accountable. Quick and the dead. The quick are those that are quickened or brought back to life. The dead are those that are spiritually dead. The lost. The ungodly. Reads, For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. Preached to the dead. Speaking of the spiritually dead. That they might be judged according to men in the flesh. But live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Be ye therefore sober. Now this sober goes beyond substance abuse. This is clear-minded. Be sharp. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity 
shall cover the multitude of sins. That charity is the sincere concern for someone else's well-being, the love that we're supposed to have for others. He gave us those two great commandments, to love God with all of our existence and love others as ourselves. Reduce hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now he's talking about the Christians here, and how we need to share the blessings the Lord has given us among the family. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Not that the individual be glorified, but the Lord. To whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Goes back to where he was talking about being humble. We need to always give God all the credit for all the accomplishments that we make and for all the blessings that we have because it's all a gift from Him. The very breath that we have is a gift from God. Use it to bring honor and glory to Him. Verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. The trials, the temptations, the persecutions, and so forth, is not just happening to you. It's happening and has happened all along to the Christians. So it's not strange that we have to go through such trials and temptations and persecutions. It's common, in other words. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. As we have the records in the book of Acts and so forth, where the disciples that were out there and the apostles that were out there, and they rejoiced, and they were happy that they were accounted worthy to suffer for Christ. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified." But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Like, if we're suffering because we've done something wrong, then that's what we get. Don't let that happen. Don't be doing anything wrong to be suffering for it. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God on this behalf. Glorifying God through your sufferings as a Christian. The persecutions that you're going to go through. And they are in the increase around the world. It reads, For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. We know there's going to be a day of judgment. We know there's going to be a day of accountability. We need to be prepared for that. We need to be prayed up. If you've messed up, ask forgiveness for it. Get it right. Keep it right. And know that there will be a day of judgment for everyone. The first major judgment 
is going to be the judgment seat of Christ right after the rapture. And we will receive assignments and we'll receive blessings and we'll be able to work with the Lord and be able to rule and reign with Him for a thousand years during the millennial period, gaining even more rewards and benefits and rolling all that over into the eternal state. It is so awesome what we have to look forward to. So much ahead of us. And we just get little bits and pieces and glimpses of, of the clues of what we have. But it is a wondrous thing. So pray up. Get it right. Be found without spot and blameless come judgment day. Don't be dreading judgment. Be looking forward to it because you're going to be receiving those rewards. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for your word. It's so encouraging when we can look in there and know that, yes, there will be a day of judgment where we can be rewarded for all the many things you have allowed us to do through your power, your mercy, your grace, your blessings that pour upon us. Help us to always be appreciative and be thankful for them all and be looking forward to judgment. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.